0: This morning's message continues in the theme that we're calling Unordinary Time because we are definitely living in unordinary times. And there are stories of unordinary times in the Bible and how people in the midst of those times grew and learned about themselves, God, and their faith. Today, we turn our attention to a story of an unordinary time in the Old Testament, one that deals with family dynamics of betrayal and reconciliation. The story comes from the lineage, the family line of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and particularly Jacob's sons. The main character is one of his 12 sons, Joseph. And Joseph had a hard life to say the least. He was the 11th of 12 boys born in his family. Could you imagine being number 11 in a birth order of 12 boys? what it would have been like to try to establish your identity, have your presence in the family, make a name and a place for yourself. And and it didn't make it any better really that he was his father's favorite son and all of the sons knew it. But instead of being happy for him, they were constantly jealous and angry. And then one time Joseph had a dream. And in his dream, he saw that he would rise up above all of his brothers and that they would all bow down to him. And what did he do with that dream? He told it to his brothers. I don't know if that was the smartest move, particularly if you're the 11th of 12. But that angered his brothers so much that they took him out away from his home and they threw him in a pit and sold him into slavery, into servanthood, and went back home and told their father that he'd been killed by a wild animal. But when Joseph was sold into slavery, he eventually ended up in the Pharaoh's castle. And he worked his way up the ladder in Pharaoh's castle until he was the number two man in all of the kingdom of Egypt. He earned Pharaoh's trust, and Pharaoh put him in charge of all of his affairs all over the kingdom. And then a famine came, but Joseph knew the famine was coming because of a dream and a dream that he had interpreted for the Pharaoh. And so for years, he had had all the people in Egypt storing up harvesting and storing up food and provisions so they would be prepared when the famine hit. And then the famine came all over Egypt and the surrounding areas. And because of the famine, his brothers who had been living outside of Egypt made a trip to Egypt to the Pharaoh to ask for food, to find provisions for themselves and their families. And it's there that they meet Joseph, but they don't even recognize him and know who he is as they're asking for food. And Joseph, seeing that they've brought his younger brother, hatches a scheme to get his younger brother left behind to to stay with him so he could love and care for this brother who had not betrayed him. But then just before the brothers are to leave and leave their youngest behind, the oldest brother, Judah, comes to Joseph, still not recognizing him and knowing who he is, and makes a plea that he could stay in his brother's place. And he explains how heartbroken their father was at the loss of his favorite child, his 11th out of 12, and how it would kill him to know that he'd also lost his youngest. And in that moment... In that conversation between Joseph and his oldest brother and his other brothers gathered, Joseph reveals to them who he is and confronts them about what they've done. This is truly a story of an unordinary time in a family. And so it's that moment of confrontation, of revelation that I'm going to read for us now. And I want to ask that After I read the scripture, would you join me in responding to it? We're going to say out loud together that this surely is a word from God for us today, that there's something we can gain from this story about this unordinary time. So after I read the scripture, I'm going to say, this is the word of God for the people of God. And you say, thanks be to God. Okay, so listen now as I read from Genesis chapter 45. Verses 1-15. through Joseph could no longer control himself in front of all his attendants, so he declared, Everyone, leave now! So no one stayed with him when he revealed his identity to his brothers. He wept so loudly that the Egyptians and Pharaoh's household heard him. And Joseph said to his brothers, I'm Joseph. Is my father really still alive? His brothers couldn't respond because they were terrified before him. And Joseph said to his brothers, Come closer to me. And they moved closer. He said, I'm your brother Joseph, the one you sold to Egypt. Now, don't be upset and don't be angry with yourselves that you sold me here. Actually, God sent me before you to save lives. We've already had two years of famine in the land and there are five years left without planting or harvesting. God sent me before you to make sure you'd survive and to rescue your lives in this amazing way. You didn't send me here. It was God who made me a father to Pharaoh, master of his entire household and ruler of the whole land of Egypt. Hurry, go back to your father. Tell him this is what your son Joseph says God has made me master of all Egypt. Come down to me. Don't delay. You may live in the land of Goshen so that you'll be near me, your children, your grandchildren, your flocks, your herds, and everyone with you. I will support you there so you, your household, and everyone with you won't starve since the famine will still last five years. You and my brother Benjamin have seen with your own eyes that I am speaking to you. Tell my father about the power in Egypt and about everything you've seen. Hurry and bring my father down here. He threw his arms around his brother Benjamin's neck and wept. And Benjamin wept on his shoulder. He kissed all of his brothers and wept, embracing them. And after that, his brothers were finally able to talk to him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. All this story of family dynamics, of betrayal and reconciliation happens in the midst of a famine, a shortage of food for everybody in the land and in the surrounding areas. It affects the Pharaoh, all of the Pharaoh's household, everybody around them. And I think about this unordinary time that we're living in today and the shortages that we're dealing with. We've got a shortage of a vaccine for this virus. We don't have one yet. And so we still live in the midst and the effect of this pandemic. We've got a shortage of solutions for what to do for schools and businesses. We're short on peace, on patience, short on justice, and yes, even short on food. And it's not that there isn't enough to go around. It's just that so much of it doesn't make it all the way around. And in the midst of this famine, Joseph is reunited with his brothers. And when he reaches the point where he's ready to say to them who he is, to identify himself, the story tells us that he weeps so loudly. He screams. He hollers. He's so filled up with emotion. All that he's dealt with and been through at the hands of his brothers that has put him into the place that he was in, that put him so low that he was at the bottom of the bottom, that he was in a pit, that he was in a jail, and that he's been separated, divided from his family. All of that that he's lived through, that has stayed with him and been inside of him, been so much a part of his identity of who he is, just wells up inside of him to the point that he erupts. He can't take it anymore, what has been done to him. And he weeps and cries out so loudly. Everybody everywhere hears him and experiences with him the pain and the passion of what he's been through. And in that moment, it says his brothers can't even speak. They're silenced by fear, by an awareness of what they had done, by the repercussions of their actions having caught up with them in this moment, that they are suddenly accountable and their framework was shook. They had no choice but to listen to their little brother now. And what does Joseph say to them? Don't be afraid. Don't be angry at yourselves. God has been at work in this all along and in this moment God is saving you through me joseph in that moment chose relationship over revenge he chose mercy over malice he chose grace over a grudge he says the one who has been at work in our family for generations, who made a covenant promise with us through our great-grandfather Abraham and our grandfather Isaac and our father Israel, is seeing that covenant promise through to fruition even now. What's being realized in this story in this moment is the one who was enslaved, the one whose humanity and dignity had been betrayed by his siblings, the one who had been denied his place at the family table, is the one through whom God was going to bring salvation, redemption, and life. Is it possible today if we, like Judah and the rest of Joseph's brothers, the rest of the sons of Israel, if we would, in a moment when we are being brought face to face with the repercussions of our actions, church, nation, are we willing to see and hear from the ones who have been denied their dignity, denied their humanity, denied their place? Is it possible that if we would listen then we too might experience God's redemption and salvation for us now. As Joseph tells his brothers, what you meant for harm, God used for good. And see, then Joseph identifies the true main character in this story, in the story, the story of time and history of all of life, of my story and your story, of our story, the true main character, God. In the midst of this most unordinary experience of a family dealing with their own shortcomings and disappointment, it is God who is still at work in the midst of and in spite of and possibly even making use of our brokenness and bad decisions, our needy power plays, our betrayals and revenge, our famines and heartbreaks, that God is working out something bigger, something holy, something redemptive all the while. Walter Brueggemann says of this passage that we see the sovereign character of God's purpose that can create a real newness a Genesis, an unextrapolated freshness which negates the past, redefines the present, and opens futures. And that's what Joseph tells his brothers. You've been given a new life, a hope, a future. So go tell dad. Don't you want to celebrate with God? Church, don't we want to celebrate with God? Mercy, grace, forgiveness, and restoration. Even if it means saying, I made a huge mess of this. We've made a huge mess of this. And the one that I dealt with the worst is the one through whom God will show me a better way. Isn't that just like God? Isn't that just like our Savior? Jesus, the one who was betrayed, beaten, spat upon. The people closest to him turned their backs on him. He was hung on a cross and put to death and buried in a tomb. But it was the very one who was so poorly treated and forgotten and buried who God brought back to life. And through him, God brought life for us all. Just like God did for Joseph and his brothers and his father And Joseph tells his brothers, go get dad, go tell him what is happening. Don't we want to have that same experience, church, and celebrate with God what is happening, what God is doing, even right now in our midst? As we leave the past behind, as we have our very present and futures redefined for us by God and through those whom we have treated possibly the worst, That it would be in this very moment, in these very relationships, in these very places, in this very unordinary time where God would bring life. Full, true, real, whole life for you, for me, for our siblings everywhere, all over the world. And it says at the close of this story that the brothers grabbed each other embraced one another hugged cried together as they celebrated all that God had restored among them may it be true for us now and every day in the name of the father the son